What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to a special bonus episode of Improv Tabletop, the show that's usually the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, a firebender for the night. McKenna Steele, gonna bend that earth your way. Christian Randall, the sweaty waterbender. <laughs> yeah, boy, you hear that? We are doing Avatar The Last Airbender for tonight's special one-shot and I am so stoked. Guys, Avatar has been my favorite show for years and years and years and years. And if you're listening to this and thinking, Avatar RPG, when did that happen? Here's the thing, it's happening right now. Magpie Games is making the official Avatar RPG, Avatar Legends. Uh, we'll give you some more information about that during the break. But for now, if it's something you're interested in looking at more, uh, you can go to magpiegames.com slash Avatar RPG to learn more about it. But yeah, enough of the, the blithering and the blathering in the introduction. We have a really fun story prepared for you guys. That You know, what a concept. We've prepared a story instead of just making one up off the top of our heads. <laughs> um, so it, a little bit different than our typical improv tabletop format. But uh, guys, I'm just stoked about this. So let's get into it. A decade has passed since the death of Avatar Roku, and the nations cry out for the return of their Avatar. They entreat the spirits for the quick return of the master of all four elements who can maintain peace between the nations, for worried rumors spread about the growing power of Fire Lord Sozin in the West. Throughout the world at large, people of all nations long for the peace promised by the Avatar's return. But in small villages and large cities, among poor and wealthy families alike, every individual has their own reason why they want the Avatar to return but it is only the most bold or the most desperate who try to do something about it. And far from the bustling settlements where the rumors stifle the air with their noise, we find three such people tearing across the cooling sands of the Siwang Desert. Leaving the great walled city of Ba Sing Se far behind them, they seek a palace not full of people, but full of knowledge. And after passing dune after barren dune, they can finally begin to see the proud spires of Wan Shitong's library glistening in the midnight moonlight, still standing high over the sands. Three adventurous individuals all astride a strange metal contraption. We turn our sights first to the one in the driver's seat. Amar, tell us a little bit about yourself and about this vehicle uh, that lets you travel so quickly through the desert. Oh yes, her name is Fifi. It is short for fire fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is a low-tech motorcycle of sorts. I have her rigged up so that when I firebend through my hands, it spits it out the back end of Fifi, and we are propelled through the desert with my friends in the sidecars. Yes, so Amar, you, of course, are a firebender, uh, but since you are playing the successor playbook... Um, for those who are not familiar with Powered by the Apocalypse games, we use playbooks in this game, uh, very similar to how you might have a class in something like D&D or Pathfinder. Um, so as a successor, you have the opportunity not only to be a firebender, but also to be a technology specialist. That's right, and I have chosen to do both of those. All right, so what does uh, Amar look like astride this metal motorcycle Fifi? 
a bit of a grease monkey. He is uh, a bit short and scrappy and can wriggle into all the fine places underneath a vehicle or what have you to get all of that uh, technology done. He can weld with his fire bending too out of two fingers up front. Very cool. Or hot, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And in the sidecar to Amar's right, we see a a large, imposing figure clad in blue, uh, his brow still wet despite the cooling of the nighttime air. Roken, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm I'm Roken Marudo uh, from the Northern Water Tribe. Yes, of the Marudo crime family. You heard that right. I do happen to have a condition. Uh, I've got hyperhidrosis. A curse to some, but a blessing to me as a waterbender. <laughs> I've been able to use my uh, moist self. That's disgusting. <laughs> and my intimate knowledge of weaponry to create a very unique kind of fighting. Uh, I call it perspiration weaponization. Uh, most of my friends just call it sweapons, though. <laughs> I'm a big man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've got slicked back black hair I keep in a ponytail, and I'm always dabbing the sweat from my jowls, uh, which I will sometimes wick off with my water bending to turn into different kinds of weapons. I feel so nauseous. <laughs> You're probably just bike sick. Yeah, hang on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. We're coming up on some heavy dunes here. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, bouncing up and down across the dunes in the sidecar to Amar's left, a tall, muscular woman clad in green, Taya. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I grew up earthbending quite a bit. I was pretty good from a young age, and uh, one of my favorite things to do is craft the earth into these little cannonball-like things and shoot them out. Uh, It's something that's been calming to me in a sense, I guess, um, in the battles. (laughs) Um, Or not battles, I guess, but really anytime I uh, need to release some emotions. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I uh, I don't have much of a family, but I just have been traveling and ran into these two goons here, and it's been quite an adventure so far. We needed a bit of muscle on the team. Well, what can I say? And I flex really big, and it kind of like is enough to where as we're driving through the dunes, like there's a little cutout in the sand splashing up around us of my entire muscle. (laughs) Whoa, watch out. You are throwing off our balance. Bring that back Oh, sorry. (laughs) So, yeah, Taya, you are playing the hammer as your playbook. And Roken, you are also playing the successor along with our friend Amar. Mm -hmm. Both of you successors to different lineages, but successors nonetheless. So, you guys are on your way to Wan Tong's library in search of some information. You are on your way from Ba Sing Se, where you ran into a fire sage who kind of reluctantly gave you some information, leading you to Wan Tong's library, where you hope to find some knowledge that will help you to locate the Avatar, who has been missing for the past decade. And why are you approaching the library in the middle of the night? Well, you tried that earlier today, and it didn't work out so hot for you guys. Uh, Let's back up a little bit and see what that looked like uh, the first time you entered the library. You get there, and it's very hot during the middle of the day. 
and you get to the front door and there's a couple guards there and one of them in particular he's very very tall very muscular got a very large spear in his hand with a long heavy curved blade and he looks at you as you begin walking up and just narrows his eyes and you can hear his teeth grinding as you approach and the other guard standing next to him turns to him and says Jungtao, no 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 we don't know that they're bad guys just just chill out okay chill out and Jungtao just grunts a little bit and steps back and the other guard says you have to you know, have to excuse my friend he's a little uh, a little excitable uh, but yes welcome to Wan Tong's library the greatest collection of knowledge in the entire material world our great master, Wan Chitang, requires that everybody who enters into this library offers something to increase the store of knowledge here. What is it that you have brought with you to give to the library? Man, we didn't know about that. This might be a problem. I start fishing through my back pocket, uh, maybe like go and open up the little uh, the glove compartment on Fifi <laughs> and fishing through there, pull out a couple parking tickets, like shove those aside. <laughs> Like an extra <laughs> tin of mustache wax that I use for my massive mustache. I also push that aside and I find some old schematics that I've been drawing up. Something that I've kind of drawn up and discarded several times. So there's like several iterations, like old schematics for Fifi, in fact. And they're all grease stained and crumpled up, but they've been shoved into the glove box. And I'll bring it up and I say, Here, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, one. Wan Hee Shong. Wan Shi Tong. Uh, Wan Shi Tong. I'm sure he would love to have this in his library. Here you go, sir. And he takes the papers and starts leafing through them and looks very fascinated by them and says, I've never seen anything like this before. I think Wan Shi Tong would be very interested in seeing this himself. Um, please do come in. And uh, he opens up the front door, this very large, ornate door. You can see that the entire library is immaculately crafted out of beautiful desert stone. And there's nice scroll work going up around, like the arch over the top of the door. Lots of owl motifs carved in all throughout. And as the door opens, you hear this big... <laughs> And you turn, you see Zhang Tao, the other guard, <laughs> is just staring at you as you walk through. But the kind guard leads you into the main foyer. And as you look up, you see this kind of open center of the library from the bottom floor going all the way up to the top. This immense space above you leading up into the very spires of the library, crisscrossing pathways moving from floor to floor. And the guard says, Wan Shitong resides in the center here and points to the center of the lobby where there's kind of a rotunda that's been built up and it's got some nice pillars around it, uh, a nice peaked roof. And he leads you in there and he kneels down and gives a little bow and says, Master Wan Shitong, we have brought visitors who wish to speak with you. And you see from the darkness inside, a great bulk begin to rise up larger than most creatures you've ever seen before in your life. And it steps forward and you see the visage of a massive owl, about three to four times as tall as any of you stepping forward through the darkness. And the great eyes are dark and impassive. You have a hard time kind of reading the emotions of this creature, but it steps forward and says, thank you, young Tan. Now, what is it that you have brought to Wan Shitong as an offering for the knowledge of this library? 
Uh, here you are, my friend. It is uh, some schematics for Fifi. She is outside. Uh, your guard said you might like to see her. She's quite a beauty. <laughs> I am not interested in relationships, <laughs> but I will gladly take your schematics. And reaches out a talon and takes the schematics and uh, begins rifling through them. And he says, Ah, you are an inventor of sorts. I hear tell of the great technological advances happening in the Fire Nation currently. That is right, and the Okami family is at the head of them. Well, this is certainly knowledge worthy to add to the great collection of my library. Thank you very much. And he hands the schematics to the guard, and he gives a little bow and goes rushing off. And Wan Tong now surveys all three of you a bit more closely and says, No one comes to my library unless they seek knowledge. What is the knowledge that you seek here? Well, uh, you see, we're, like many others, currently looking for information on the next Avatar. Let me stop you right there, Sonny. I know that everybody is excited for the Avatar to return, but all information regarding the Avatar cycle has been moved to the restricted section of the library. You see, the Avatar is not to be told of their identity until their 16th birthday, and it has been only 10 years since the death of Avatar Roku. Surely the Avatar is out there, and I trust that the Air Nomads have methods that will identify the Avatar to them, following with the seasonal cycle of the Avatar's reincarnation. But those details must be kept secret for the time being, for informing the Avatar of their identity too early could be catastrophic. So, uh, <clears throat> you mean, like, I mean, how bad could it be? You know, somebody knows that they can bend fire and, and water and a couple other... I mean, it couldn't be that bad. You question the knowledge of Wan Shitong, he who knows 10,000 things. Uh, uh, no, no, uh, n no. I just kind of shrink in my boots a little bit. <laughs> I believe you just may have misunderstood. Yes, we don't question your knowledge, maybe just your wisdom. Ooh, I shrink a little more. <laughs> uh, I kind of like puff up my chest, and now that we're inside and out of the desert, I'm sweating a little more, so I, I feel a little more confident with that sweat on my skin again. <laughs> and Wan Shitong looks over all of you, and those dark eyes do not move at all as he continues to survey you. And he says, I appreciate that you have reasons for seeking the Avatar but it is not my place to speed the process which was set in motion so long ago. Well, maybe could you tell us where the restricted section is? Just out of uh, idle curiosity. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Roll to plead with an NPC. <laughs> All right. So in Powered by the Apocalypse games, you know, this is a new system, so we'd like to give you a bit of uh, a sense of how it works along the way. You always roll two six-sided die or 2d6, and based on how well you do, you might get a failure, a partial success, or a full success. That will determine to what degree you get what you want. That's not bad. With a minus one to harmony, that puts me at a nine. All right, so that is a partial success. So Wan Tong will agree to show you the restricted section, but needs something more. So Wan Tong looks towards you and says, Very well and then looks past you and says, show our friends to the restricted section. And from behind you, you hear, Oh, no. And you turn and you see uh, Zhang Tao standing right there behind you. Uh, those <laughs> eyes just like bug wide, the <laughs> eyebrows down towards the center, scanning over you. 
and he gives a nod to Wan Shi Tong and begins walking out of the rotunda. As we're walking along with him, I'm going to try and do a little bit of flirting (laughs) to see if I can just get him to let us into the restricted section. Yeah, so Zhang Tao is leading you up towards uh, the very top of the library. It's quite a climb. You can see there's kind of this central spire at the very top of the library, and you can see it's hollow all the way through to the very tip. And it appears that they reserved the top floor for some of this more restricted knowledge. And he starts leading you towards one of the wings. Uh, Taya, how would you like to try and flirt with Zhang Tao? So my hair, which is uh, pretty thick, like a dark brown color, is normally tied up like braided bun type situation. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, try and clear my throat. and let my hair down and just whip it a little bit. Just get the pheromones in the air. And I'm going to just be like, so have you worked for Wan Chi Tong like, for a while? And just like walk right alongside him, just kind of like twist in my hair, but like not in like a ditzy kind of way, just kind of like a, oh yeah, I'm cute. <laughs> so Zhang Tao, his head snaps towards you with alarming <laughs> speed. And the eyes that are already kind of bug wide and not missing a single detail, they kind of go even a little bit wider as he sees you there twirling your hair. Uh, go ahead and roll to plead with an NPC. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, it's a nine. A nine, all right. So similarly, this is a partial success. So Zhang Tao is going to maybe acquiesce a little bit, but needs a little more evidence that doing so is the right course. Um, just kiss him on the mouth. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we got kicked out. You're like, please, okay, this is it. <laughs> this is why we have to come back at night. If, if you want to kiss him on the mouth, then you can roll to push your luck. No, oh, no, no, <laughs> Christian, don't, don't tempt me. Stop. No, that's not what I want to do. I just think I'm hilarious. Um, I'm gonna just look at him and I'm gonna be like, I'm really sorry for the way that my acquaintances have been behaving. It's been a very difficult journey to get here, but I understand the reasoning. So I don't think that I'm trying to do anything. I just, it's nice to have someone along that I feel more connected to in my desires in life. Uh, you see the gears kind of grinding a little bit inside his head. He's trying to figure out what you're implying. Um, <laughs> but eventually he's like, yeah, this place is kind of hard to get to. I can understand how you'd be having a, a, a rough journey. But yeah, I've been here for several years. I am Wan Tong's most trusted guard. <laughs> I can understand why. You are very, very uh, just gung-ho, determined, passionate, if you will about this library, which I totally understand. It is amazing. It is filled with mounds of knowledge. I can only barely comprehend the honor that it would be to work here. Have there been any occasions like of people breaking in to get things? <laughs> now I'm going to have you roll to push your luck. Dang it! <laughs> okay, okay. That is a nine. All right, man, we're, we're getting a lot of nines this game. Nice. Just right on the cusp of being a full success. Um, so on a partial success, when you push your luck, you succeed, but it costs you to scrape by. And I get to tell you what it costs you. Zhang Tao looks towards you and he's like, 
Yeah, there have been a few break-ins in the past. There are a couple weak locations here in the library. And then he looks towards you as he's talking and notices how intently you're listening. And he peers over at Roken and Amar, who are standing right behind you, kind of peeking out from both sides with their ears <laughs> extended. And he suddenly catches himself and says, uh, but, but there are not many of them. Not many of them at all. Here's the restricted section. Take a look. And that's it. Um, as he is showing us the restricted section, I would like to try and bump into him. Excuse me, I'm uh, just so enthralled by the knowledge here. And I'm going to try and pick his pocket <gasps> for a key of any kind. That I can see if there's a key on his birth, kind of like fleece him a little bit. So you are from a crime family. This sounds like relying on your skills and training. All right. So go ahead and roll for that. Yeah, that is a 12. Ooh, oh, baby. full success. Yeah. So you bump into him, and as you do, you kind of reach around very quickly, testing uh, various pockets until you find on his other side, there it is. You kind of palm it and then slide it up your sleeve. Um, it is well moistened, so there's not much resistance. Um, but then as you kind of pull away from him and just talk about how enthralled you are, he goes, yeah, it's a pretty enthralling place. All of this forbidden knowledge, all of this wonderfully valuable knowledge that is forbidden to you. Do you go reading in the restricted section a lot, my friend? <laughs> Never. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a code of honor that I took when I became a guard for Wan Tong's library, and I would never look in the restricted section without Wan Tong's permission. Oh, of course. Yeah, I can understand why he kept you so long. Wan Tong is he who knows 10,000 things he would know if I broke into the restricted section. Well, wouldn't that mean that he knew 10,000 and one things? You you don't really... It's it's like it's like a Taoist principle. The, the ten, there's, there's that which was create... I'm not going to try and explain this to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of nodding along and like dabbing my neck with the handkerchief. Basically, the 10,000 things is a cursory statement that means all the things. Oh. So, Neddard. Yes? This room, the restricted section, um, I'm assuming like it's barred off by like metal bars. Yeah, so you can see much like the construction of the rest of the library, there are very tall stacks of bookcases and there are stone pillars, but strung between the stone pillars in this location are several metal gates. And you can see positioned on each of those metal gates is a little plate with a keyhole in it. Well, I mean, if we can't get in, then we can't get in. Uh, I've had my fill of looking at books in the restricted section. Are you boys done? Well, I was wondering, um, do you have a recipe for a dumpling soup? I've been trying to find a good one for a while. If we could just grab one of those before we leave. And his bug-wide eyes start kind of welling up with tears, and he says, I've waited for this moment for years. <laughs> and he starts rushing you down to another floor, and as he's pulling you along, he says, My family taught me to cook when I was young. I came here originally because my parents wanted grand recipes they could bring back to their restaurants. But... In exchange for that knowledge, they left me here. And I, I, I don't fault my parents because being here is great. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I'll get in on this. And as we're walking, I'll say, now, dumpling soup is good, my friend. But do, have you had soup 
dumplings. Those are even better. And there's soup inside the actual dumpling. I don't know how they do it. I've always wanted to know. Do you know the secrets of the soup dumpling? You speak madness, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he he gets to the section with the dumplings, and he's like, soup dumplings, soup dumplings, and he's scanning across the books, and he pauses in front of one, and he pulls the scroll off the shelf, and begins unfurling it, and his bug-wide eyes bug out even more, and he turns it towards you, and it's a recipe for soup dumplings. And he says, I should never have doubted the vast collection of knowledge of my master. Wow. Um, well, could we possibly get a copy of this, or how does it work for taking the knowledge? Do I just memorize it? Memorizing would be preferable, certainly, but you could potentially leave something behind here in exchange for it. I'm going to look over the recipe and see, is it, com is it complicated? Is my vast criminal knowledge going to cover memorizing things quickly? <laughs> I'll say this can be relying on your skills and training to try and memorize these details. All right. With relying on my skills and training, I roll with focus and I get an 11. There you go. Yeah, you look over it and there's a bunch of the details that it's like, okay, this kind of makes sense. You... So it's like an aspic sort of thing. Not really an <laughs> aspic, but like a jelly. Okay, that's fascinating. You cool it, you mix it in. Okay, I got it. I got it. Well, I know what we're having for dinner tonight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Zhang Tao leads you back towards the entrance, and he says, Well, if you have any luck with those dumplings, then, you know, maybe you could come back and let me know. You can count on it. And he leans down really close to you and says, but stay away from the restricted section. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like the little steam coming out of his nostrils <laughs> like a bull every time. <laughs> um, as we're walking out, I'm going to walk past him and just, you know, look at him and say, thank you for our little chat. It was delightful. And then I'm going to give him a little slow wink <laughs> and then I'll say, see you soon. And then I'm going to walk out. <laughs> And he stands there kind of stock still, um, very rigid, and then kind of turns around very rigidly like stiff knees and begins walking back into the library. Ugh, that guy was the worst. He did find the secret of the soup dumplings, though, so I mean, he's not all bad. That is true. I've never heard of these, so I'd be pretty interested to try them when we get an opportunity. Well, he is not the best at paying attention. I'm going to slide the key out of my sleeve and kind of waggle it in front of me before I plop it back in. I imagine you pulling it out, and when you're wagging it around, there's just, like, drops of sweat flinging everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Yes. Um, but tonight, when we go back, I don't see why we can't have ourselves a nice meal before we come back here tonight. I actually think it would be nice to make these dumplings. I wasn't kidding. I've had them once. They were the best thing ever. So we cut now back to later that night, just after midnight, your belly's full of delicious broth and pork and whatnot, and you are getting closer and closer to the library to the point where you can start to make out some of the owl motifs carved into the sides of it. <laughs> that bumpy section back there almost made me lose my soup dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sparky, take us around back. We'll find one of those weak spot entrances he was talking about. You got it, my friend. Vroom, vroom, Fifi. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I want a t-shirt that says vroom, 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 vroom Fifi. Fifi. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you come around to the far side of Wan Shitong's library, and you're staring up at this grand edifice in front of you, searching for vulnerable locations on it. So uh, I'll say, Amar, since you're driving, you're focusing on that, but we can let Rokin and Taya both roll to assess a situation if you would like. As we approach, I will slow Fifi down so that we're not making an inordinate amount of noise as we're casing the joint here. It, that's a good thing you did that because uh, somebody might have heard you, <laughs> says the DM as he discards one of his encounters. <laughs> um that is an 11. Ooh, I got a nine. All right. So when you assess a situation, there are a number of questions that you can ask. On a full success, you can ask two. On a partial success, you can ask one. So Rokin, you can ask two. Taya, you can ask one. And the questions are, what here can I use to blank? Who or what is the biggest threat? What should I be on the lookout for? What's my best way out, in, or through? And who or what is in the greatest danger? I would like to ask first, what is my best way into the library? Yeah. So you're looking at these grand walls and it's kind of a tiered sort of situation where there's a very large base to it. And as you get higher up, um, there are smaller structures kind of leading up to the central uh, spire area. And you can see that there are windows built into the outside. And as you're passing a certain location, you see that there is one window that is much closer to the ground than the others. And there's no glass in it. Um, it appears to be maybe some sort of ventilation area. So that might be your best way in. And then I would like to ask, who or what is the biggest threat? Yeah, so you lead Amar to the area right below that window, and it's in kind of a concavity in the wall, a place where the wall kind of goes inward from the rest of it. And so you park Fifi into that little area, and as you're all walking into the shade of that area, you hear from further out on the wall the sound of shutters being slammed open, immediately followed by... <laughs> And you peer around from the corner and you see Zhang Tao looking around left and right. And you can hear on the wind, could have sworn I heard something. And then you hear the shutters and click back shut. <laughs> that was a close one. That was a little too close for my comfort. I would like to then ask, what here can I use to get up to that window? All right. You see that in this area, there's a bunch of uh, what appears to be like loose pipes uh, that maybe have been used for some kind of plumbing inside the library. You know, the spirits are a very advanced sort of folk, so they have technologies that maybe not everybody else has throughout the world. And you figure if you were to fit these together, you might be able to make a nice ladder sort of situation that would lead you up to this ventilation output. All right, guys, let's do this thing that I just explained to you guys. <laughs> All right. And as a final part of assessing a situation, as long as you act on the answers you receive, you get plus one ongoing, which means as long as that condition is still being met, you add a plus one to any of your roles. Cool. I turn to Amar and I say, All right, Sparky. Your time to shine. Make us a ladder out of those there pipes, why don't you? Sure thing. And before I do that, I'll take sort of a dun-colored tarp off the back of Fifi and toss it over her so that uh, she's a little more hidden in the sand. Hopefully nobody will notice her parked in the shadows here. And all right, so I head over to the, the pipes that are stored there and I find a couple of longer pieces and then I 
snap my fingers and I use my firebending from my first two fingers in a really tight, thin, short, concentrated stream, and I weld those together super fast. Yeah, go ahead and rely on your skills and training as a professional welder. And since you are acting on the answer that Tyre received in the last action, you get a plus one to that. That is an 11. That is a full success. Nice. So with your practiced skill, you get this welding torch-like jet and you weld the metal of these pipes together and you make some rungs up along the way. And you've got a very sturdy little makeshift ladder here. All right, everyone. This should hold everybody here, including you, my big friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's hope it does. Um, As we start climbing up, I want to look and see that window he popped out of. Did we see where it was? Yeah, so that was to kind of the right area of where you were. And so this outlet is maybe about 30, 40 feet off the ground. And the window that he popped his head out of was maybe another 20 feet above that. Kind of assuming that that's his room, I'm going to pull out a little pouch filled with these soup dumplings with a little note attached to it that says Zhang Tao. And I'm going to use my water bending, doing some soup bending. I'm going to try and toss it up on the windowsill so that he can have that for his midnight snack later on. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's amazing. You've got just loose dumplings hanging out in your pouch. It's a little pouch of dumplings that I made specifically for him. I'm hoping that maybe he will be less fervent in chasing us if he's got a happy full belly. Wait, 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 wait. Can I I put a little heart and a T on there too? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. All right. So, yeah, that's easy enough. Uh, you kind of toss that up there with some enhancement from your water bending, lands on the sill there, and yeah, the the way is open before you. All right, now from here on, this is where the danger starts. Be careful, be quiet, and if all else fails, stay alive. And then I'm gonna sneak forward, sliding along on my slippery self, <laughs> like a penguin. Ew. <laughs> yes, I just drop on my stomach and kind of like slide Ooh. forward. <laughs> Little squeaking noises as you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, so you hop in there and you take the lead, sliding along like the otter penguins that you see so often in your homeland. (laughs) And the other two follow behind on your snail trail of sweat. (laughs) (laughs) And that is where we're going to take a little break. And we will be back right after this commercial break. Whatever, you get the idea. Hey everyone, this is Ned Wilcock, the host and GM for Improv Tabletop, and I just want to talk to you a little bit more about this game that we're playing tonight. So this game is called Avatar Legends. It is the officially licensed tabletop RPG for Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar The Legend of Korra. The final product has not been published yet, it's still being kickstarted at the moment, but Magpie Games, the people who are making the game, produced a quick start, a set of rules that's everything you need to get started playing the game, and then later down the line, there'll just be that much more content you can use to flesh out your game in the future. So we're using the Quick Start 2.0 rules, and what that means is this is currently a living document. There are going to be some changes before the final rulebook is published, as the people over at Magpie continue to do playtesting and find things they might want to change to refine the system. But still, even now, you can get playing with those quick start rules. Just go to Magpie's website and they'll be able to direct you to those quick start rules so you can get playing right now. 
And if you like it enough that you want to support it even further, go check out the Kickstarter. That's the best way right now to get your hands on the rules when they're published so that you can have all of the details that you need to start your own campaign. We here at Improv Tabletop would really love to do a full-scale campaign with this rule system, and we know that there's some really cool stuff coming out in that book, like Caleb eventually would like to play a chi blocker, and we know that chi blocking is going to be an option in that core rulebook down the line. So even as much cool stuff as there is in there right now, there's going to be even more cool stuff when the final book is published. Um, and I would just like to state right now that we are not affiliated with Magpie Games. They're not sponsoring this in any way. We're just this stoked about this game. It's so fun. The rules make so much sense. And they support the themes of Avatar very well. As cool as it is in Avatar to see the wonderful bending matches and to see people fighting with each other, at its core, the Avatar series are stories about people who are learning and growing and overcoming difficult challenges with people that they love. And the rules of this game aren't just about hitting some monster enough times that it finally dies or goes unconscious or whatever. These rules help you to play out those stories of people learning and growing and overcoming difficult things with people that they love. So while there have been maybe not so great spinoffs of the Avatar universe in the past, I think the people over at Magpie Games are really doing this game justice and they deserve your support. Another reason that we wanted to do this one shot is, like I said, we're very interested in doing a full campaign using this system and we just want to get a sense of if that's something that people out there are interested in. We know that there are a number of people who really enjoy our improvised campaigns that we do using the Fate tabletop system, but we think that this could be a great opportunity to spread out our wings a little bit, get into some fun genres, to tell some cool stories that maybe we think a little bit about beforehand, you know, what a novel concept. So let us know if you like this, if you'd like to see more content like this, and if you haven't listened to any of our improvised campaigns before, maybe you'll stick around and listen to one of them. But I think that's enough chit-chat for now about the logistics of this game and whatnot. Let's get back into this heist and see what is going on with Amar, Rokin, and Taya. So, our heroes or our villains? We don't really know what they are. Our protagonists are currently in the ventilation system, slithering their way into the heart of Wang Shitong's library. And uh, you get to an area where there's a bit of light kind of shining in from one of the side passages. I'd like to use my intense awareness of my world around me and assess, try and assess which way is the best to go. All right, yeah, roll to assess the situation. That'll be a 13. Ooh, yeah. Wow. So you need to ask two of those questions that we got there. Again, what is my best way into the library? I'm trying to figure out a further way, like the best way to take here. And then the second one, what should I be on the lookout for as I'm going through these ventilation shafts? All right, yeah. So you kind of turn down that passageway off to the side and you get to a grate that is blocking the ventilation system from the other side. And you look down and you see this opens right into kind of that central area where it's just like straight down to the bottom with a couple paths here and there. So one of these grates is definitely your way in. Like you can see that there's a way to push it out. And then when you get to the other side, you could push it back into place. But as far as what you might need to be on the lookout for, maybe one that's a bit better positioned, because this one would just kind of send you off into the abyss. All right, let's uh, keep moving on. Keep an eye out for any pools of light like this. This will uh, be our way in. 
definitely lucky to have an earthbender with us here. Uh, I know you can't bend the metal, but uh, the stone around it should help us out. And I'll slither on back. You're like a basilisk in the pipes of Hogwarts. <laughs> so I guess while Roken is kind of assessing the situation, uh, we've got Amar and Taya kind of held back here. And Taya, you don't know too much about Amar. Um, you've been traveling with him for a while. He was the one who kind of instigated the teaming up of this group. Um, but you've never really gotten a sense of why he wants to find the Avatar. Uh, you know that you've all got kind of your own reasons for it, but you've never really talked about them aside from just the whole, you know, we bring the Avatar back and there's peace between all the nations, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, Amar, back uh, in Bossing Say, when we got that information about how to get here, and we all kind of said we have our reasons for getting to the Avatar and we had to plead with him and... I guess I was just a little curious. Um, what What is your reasoning? Because he didn't really seem to believe any of us when we said that we had good reasons. <laughs> what is yours? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that uh, <laughs> that fire sage guy. He was uh, he was a pretty perceptive man. <laughs> and uh, I'm sweating a little bit, kind of like my sweaty friend over there on my forehead. And I'll just kind of like pass my hand over my forehead, but not make contact. I'll use a little bit of fire bending to just dry it up. I mean, who doesn't want to meet the Avatar, am I right? I mean, I think it would just be kind of cool to be his buddy. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I agree. That would be super awesome. I mean, what a better way to learn more about your bending than from the master of all four elements, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with Fire Lord Sozin or anything, right? Uh, I gulp. <clears throat> I mean... I mean, sure, he, he's probably interested in finding the Avatar too, I imagine. Have you ever worked closely with uh, him? I mean, you know, my family is uh, pretty high up there. We have, I've met him on a couple of occasions, had a few commissions, things like that. Nothing big, no, nothing personal. Is he like a lot of the rumors say? A hothead? <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Um... Yeah, he is definitely something from the rumors flying around my village, but yeah, I guess, sorry, I, I I don't know why I just got in my head about, I don't know, if he didn't believe us, maybe some of us didn't have good intentions, and we hardly know each other, so I was just wanting to make sure that we're all doing this for the right reasons, you know? And I kind of squint my eyes at you. Of course, of course. And uh, what are your reasons? I don't even know. Oh, um... Yeah, uh... Shh, but, but keep it down. We're in these echoey caverns and stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, kind of like uh, you said, I guess. Um, who wouldn't want to be friends with the Avatar? And I feel like I've reached my limit, I guess, with my earthbending. And I want him to teach me more. Yeah, yeah. I want him, I want him to teach me some more. Um, I'm, I'm starting to sweat a little bit too there. All right, Sparky, girly. Yeah, you hear this kind of <laughs> as he comes squeaking through the vents towards you. <laughs> I think I found a way down. This way, follow me. And you begin leading them uh, further down the ventilation system in the direction that you had scoped out. And after a while, you take a couple turns and you find a grate that peers down into just a regular hallway amidst a few stands of books. In fact, 
there's a bookshelf not too far from the entrance to the grill that you might be able to lower yourselves down onto. All right, you're the strong one. Why don't you uh, open this up and lower it down nice and quiet, and we'll go ahead and uh, follow you down. Okay. So I, what I would like to do to get the little gate open, I would like to use my earth bending to push the screws out of the little sockets that they're in, but just to the point where they're loose enough that I could take it off and they wouldn't like cling onto the ground like you know how you can do that. That's what I would like to do. Yeah, so you kind of fill in the earth behind the screws mm-hmm. so that they just kind of weasel their way out there. Mm. Go ahead and roll to rely on your skills and training. So listen, I know we normally play fate. Um, is there a way that I can <laughs> add something to my role? Uh, your friends could potentially try and help you if there's a thematically appropriate way to do so, but that depends on uh, what you rolled to begin with. Oh gosh, um, I rolled a two. Ooh. It's so bad. It's so Ooh. bad. We can't help you with that. No, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> even with all our help, you're still not succeeding in that one. I'm so screwed. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'll give you a plus one forward for that. Okay. Uh, the next time you roll, you can add a plus one to it. God bless. <laughs> All right. So you reach out and you start pushing the screws out of their place. And your mind is just kind of stuck on that interaction that you had with Amar. And you're just like, is anybody here telling the truth? What's going on here? And in that moment of distraction, you go a little too far and you see the grate slip down from in front of your view. (gasps) And a couple seconds later, you hear a big old clang on the ground. And from far off in the distance, (laughs) (laughs) I said quietly. Well, I did my best. I'm going to jump out and get into a fighting stance and look around. All right. So, yeah, you've gotten really close to uh, the upper floors. You made sure to go in such a way that most of your movement could happen through the vents unseen and that you would come out at one of the vents close to the restricted section. So you can see kind of across the central area off to the other side where the restricted section is and you get into your defensive stance and you see far on the other side a silhouette in the moonlight comes sprinting there and it stops and its head whips back and forth a little bit and starts moving in the direction that you guys are. Guys, I'm genuinely scared of this dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's valid. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Don't worry, he's my boyfriend now, so it's okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He won't hurt us. We're fine. Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like Run. Yeah, maybe that's the best option. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, turn around, and I will try and do one thing. After my friends get down, I'm going to spray out my hand and kind of just let the water wick off my body and create sort of like an ice pool behind us so that maybe I can slip them up and slow them down as we start running towards the upper floors. All right. So it sounds to me like we might be entering into an exchange here real quick. <gasps> Okay, so the way that combat works in Avatar Legends is pretty cool. Uh, You don't have hit points, you aren't trying to harm the other person physically, you're just trying to get them to a point where they are overwhelmed and they can no longer engage in the fight anymore. So when you attack somebody, you might leave them feeling foolish or guilty or insecure, And by the time all of these conditions have been inflicted on you, you are taken out of the exchange. So there are different approaches that you can take, different uh, kind of themes of maneuvers that you might take. 
So you can either defend and maneuver, you can advance and attack, or you can evade and observe. And all the specific techniques within those approaches do different things in the combat. So we're going to start this off by figuring out who's going to be doing what approach, and that'll determine the order we act in this exchange. So, Amar, would you like to defend and maneuver, advance and attack, or evade and observe? I'm going to be evading and observing. All right. Roken, what would you like to do? Uh, evade and observe. All right, so we got both of you evading and observing. And Ty, what would you like to do? I would like to defend and maneuver. Okay, so we're going to say that Roken, with that uh, first thing that he did, you kind of get the jump on this entire exchange. So I'll allow you to choose one status to inflict on this area against Zhongtao. I would like to inflict impaired. All right. So yeah, we'll see how that works against Zhongtao moving forward. And you being a waterbender, that might even give you a little bit of an advantage moving forward. But those who aren't familiar with waterbending might be a little tripped up on that patch of ice. But we're going to start with Taya. You are defending and maneuvering, so go ahead and roll with focus to see how many techniques you can use. Four. Ooh, that is a miss, unfortunately. I chose the wrong dice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you see Zhang Tao rushing towards you, and you kind of freeze in that moment uh, with just the intimidation of this juggernaut moving towards you. And that brings us to Zhang Tao, who is advancing and attacking. So he comes rushing towards you guys, and he's going to try and use the smash technique, um, which would allow him to destabilize part of the environment to try and inflict a status on you guys. But because he is impaired by that slick of ice, NPCs get to choose one fewer technique per exchange than they normally would, and he only gets one to begin with. That means he can take no techniques. He slips on the ice, and his arms are flailing around, and his feet are just skidding back and forth on the ice as he's trying to gain traction, and he falls onto his back and slides to the other end of the patch of ice flat on his back in front of you guys. Yes! Nice. And that brings us to those who are evading and observing, which includes Amar and Roken. So both of you, you get to clear one fatigue if you have any, and you roll with either creativity or harmony to see how many techniques you get. Twelve. Nice, so you get to choose two. Six, not good. Mm, yeah, so you also miss and you don't get to choose any techniques. You also are very thrown off by this raging bull just rushing towards you. I'm Like I said, I'm legitimately scared of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roken, which technique would you like to use? I would like to bolster or hinder. I'm going to try and bolster one of my friends here. I will grab Amar and I'll say, Sparky, we need to go. I'm going to try and inspire him. All right. So that means Amar moving forward, you have this inspired almost token on you and you can clear that inspired token at any point to shift your balance towards a principle of your choice. Um, this is something that's very unique to Avatar Legends. Each individual has two principles that they strive for, but that are kind of at odds with each other. So for Amar being the successor, he believes strongly in the tradition that he comes from, but he also believes very strongly in the progress that he can bring about with his technology. So there's tension between those two principles, and at times he'll be dragged in one direction or another. So at any point moving forward, you can spend that inspiration to shift your balance in one direction or the other. Okay, cool. Yes. But yeah, that is the first of Roken's techniques. What's the second one you'd like to use? I'd like to test his balance. 
as he falls flat on his back, I'm going to say, Why do you really fight for this? Why do you defend all this knowledge? What are you doing here? And he looks up at you with those bug eyes, and once again, they're kind of welling up a little bit as he gets emotional, and he says, I'm here to make Wan Shitan proud! Oh. <laughs> I get that. I get that. So that is his principle. He is trying to make <laughs> Wan Shitan proud. And now that brings us to the end of this exchange. And whenever you get to the end of an exchange, you don't have to immediately jump into the next one. There's a chance to parley back and forth, to try and get a sense of what's going on with the other people. But as soon as somebody starts coming out swinging again with their fists, we move into the next exchange. So what do you guys think? You want to keep fighting? Um, yeah, because I want to do something. <laughs> All right. If that's okay with everybody else, I just have a really cool idea. Yeah, sweet. Uh, which approach would you like to take? Uh, advance and attack. Nice. Amar, what would you like to do? Evade and observe again. All right. And Roken. I would like to defend and maneuver. All right. So that means Roken and Zhang Tao are both acting first as defending and maneuver. Um, so, Roken, roll with focus to see how many techniques you get. I got an eight. All right, so you get to choose one technique. I'd like to seize a position. All right, and Zhang Tao is going to retaliate. So, with Zhang Tao, he gets up from the ground on the other side of this ice slick, and he's holding up his hands uh, in... I don't know much about sports, so I'm not sure like what to liken it to, but he's got his hands up and he's just moving them back and forth like he's ready for anything to happen. Like you're ready to catch a basketball. Yeah, but he, he's <laughs> moving them around as if he's expecting all of you to throw basketballs at him at once. <laughs> and yes. so that means that each time one of you inflicts fatigue, a condition, or shifts his balance, then he gets to inflict one fatigue on you. And Roken, since you are seizing a position, what does that look like for you? I'd like to take one step forward and just try and look really menacing. And then as I go to take another step forward, I pivot and just try to run away. Oh, so you're trying to escape from this. He is going to spend one fatigue to block your escape. That is part of the uh, seize a position technique, unfortunately. So I go to I go to turn around and he kind of swipes at my foot and I go down. Yeah, you start rushing in the direction of the restricted section and the camera like zooms in on his eyes and it goes into slow motion. And he thinks back to that moment of you and Amar like poking out on either side of Taya and the gears in his head click together and a little light bulb appears above his head and he goes, nope, 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 nope. And he grabs you by uh, the back of your suit coat and kind of pulls you back into the exchange here. But it cost him one fatigue to do so. All right, that brings us to advance and attack with Taya. Go ahead and roll with passion to see how many techniques you get. 10. 10, very nice. So you get to choose two of them. Okay, so the first one I'm going to do is my playbook specific fighting technique, mm -hmm. um, the overwhelm. So I throw a punch with all of my weight behind it and I mark three fatigue to inflict stunned on an engaged foe. Yeah, so what does that look like as you go in for this big old punch? So I'm gonna use my earth bending to shoot myself up into the air, kind of like a catapult, and then kind of pull this back as I'm flying down and just 
punch him in the face. Yeah, so you get him like right in the nose. And if this were a cartoon, you would see your fist kind of like sink into his face a little bit. And there's like those lines uh, that appear around the sides of your hand as his face kind of creases in on itself. (laughs) And when you pull it back, he's standing there. His eyes are crossed. He's got a big doofy grin on his face. And you see like two teeth are missing. And you hear the sound of birds tweeting (laughs) as he just kind of slumps down to the ground. (laughs) So he is stunned for the next exchange and will not be able to act at all. Uh, Is there another technique that you'd like to use now? I would like to strike. All right. So uh, there are a couple different effects that you can get with striking somebody. This is the most basic of your attack techniques. When you strike out at them, there are a few things you can inflict on them. You can either force them to mark two fatigue, mark a condition, or shift their balance away from the center, and they get to choose. But if you mark one fatigue to do so, you get to choose whether you force them to mark two fatigue or to inflict a condition on them. So, which option would you like to take? I would like to mark a fatigue and strike him where he's weak. And I'm going to give him another good punch. And as I do that, I say, I was never interested in you anyways to make him insecure. Oh, snap. The ultimate blow. So you punch him across the face, not only physically harming him, but also pouring this poison in his ear at the same time. (laughs) And as he falls, he still has that doofy grin, but you see his eyes scrunch up and the tears continue to well out as he slides (laughs) down to the ground. But yeah, Taya, uh, you're running pretty low on fatigue there, aren't you? Yes, I have four of five. It's fine. That brings us finally to the evade and observe turn with Amar. Go ahead and clear one fatigue and roll with either creativity or harmony. All right. That's a 13. Ooh, yeah. So you get to use two techniques. Uh, First of all, I just like to hinder him. I see that Taya here has beat him down physically and emotionally. I'd like to take the grate that is lying down that fell down that alerted him to our presence. And I'm assuming he's kind of backed into a corner here. Maybe some bookshelves on either side. I'd like to very quickly... use my firebending to heat up the metal on either side and then slam it in front of him to sort of trap him into this place. Maybe not permanently, but uh, get him trapped in there so it sticks. Yeah, so you kind of weld the grate up against the bookshelves on either side of him and he's in there and he's slowly starting to come back to his senses and starting to realize that he's trapped. He's not quite out of his stun yet, but he's not going to be very happy when he regains his senses. Uh, But yeah, would you like to use another technique as well? Yes, I think I'm going to do the commit where I uh, shift my balance toward one of my principles. And the next time that I live up to that principle, I don't have to mark fatigue for it. Very nice. So which of your principles are you going to shift your balance toward? I'm still at zero, zero. So I will shift one toward progress. All right. So that brings us to the end of this exchange. Zhang Tao is trapped against the wall. Would you guys like to enter into another exchange or try and get away while the going's good? Grah, I want to run. That was a good punch. Let's get out of here before he comes to his senses. Thanks. I was pretty proud of that one. Let's get out of here. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> vroom, vroom, indeed. Smart thinking with the metal as well.
I'm going to go and pull out the key and try to find the nearest lock. Yeah, you guys run across those paths that crisscross the empty space in the middle of the library, and you get to the other side, and you can see these rows of gates that you saw earlier that day. And there's quite a few of them. In total, there are six gates that you could choose from to try and find what you're looking for. Um, I'd like to do what I do best, assess a situation. All right, go ahead then and roll with creativity. That's a 14. Oh my gosh. Man, yeah. Which of the questions would you like to ask then? Um, let's see here. I'm going to say, what here can I use to find out information about the avatar? So you are looking around. It's like, oh, shoot, which of these should I choose from? And you see kind of on the far wall, there's almost a little kiosk type thing. And you can see that there's a different section for each of these gates. It appears that restricted materials kind of shift every once in a while. So they come in here and they update the contents of what's behind each gate. And so you look at this and you see behind the third gate on the left, the rearmost one, there is inscribed in that section, the avatar cycle. All right. And then I'm going to ask, what is my best way out of here? Once we grab what we're looking for. That was really smart, babe. Nice. Yeah. You look around and you can see you're on the top floor, but you think back to what it looked like on the outside. And you remember kind of a sloped dome on top of the roof near the restricted section where you are. You look out and you see a number of windows and you figure we could probably go out through one of those windows and like rappel down the side. All right, this is going to be a quick smash and grab. We're going to run out and not stop moving. You got us, Sparky. Get that Fifi warmed up for us. Oh, she is always warm. I'll go over to the gate and unlock it. All right, you do so. And as you lift it up, you can hear from the other side of the platform a big clanging noise and a... (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, When you're trapped, you can spend any combination of three fatigue or conditions to escape. So he has marked a certain amount of conditions and or fatigue and has escaped from the grate where he was trapped and is beginning to run towards you guys again. Oh dear. Hey Mar, you know locks, you know fire. Make sure he doesn't follow. Oh yeah. I'm going to run over to the gate where we came in and close the gate so it already locks and then just do a quick little of fire to melt the lock so that he can't get through even if he has a spare key. Nice. (laughs) All right, roll to rely on your skills and training. Ooh, I I got lucky there. That is an eight. Yeah, so you get a partial success, meaning that there is going to be some potential complication for this. So there's like on either side of the gate, a little slot in the wall where a set of bars push out and into those slots. And as you're welding shut, one of them you weld perfectly into place, but the other one you cut through the bar and it goes clanging to the ground. So it's still welded shut, but only at half strength. Sorry about that. It will have to do. Let's go. Okay. Um, what I would like to do, um, you got the book? Oh, I gotta find it. Oh, we gotta find it. Oh, okay. I'll help you find it. Yeah. Can yeah. we? Can we look for it? <laughs> yeah. I'll say that you're in a heist situation. This is like your bread and jam. You're a heist crew, so you guys can rely on your skills and training to try and find the book. Is this acting on one of my assesses? Uh, in fact, it is. So you get plus one ongoing because of that assessment. Do I get plus one? I'll say. Yeah. 
I got an eight. I got an eight as well. All right. So the two of you are looking around and you each find kind of a different section. Taya, you're peering through and you find information on just like Air Nomad customs and whatnot. So this is like, all right, we know that uh, they're coming from the Air Nomads. This is probably the place where we can get some information on what their rituals are and whatnot. And then Roken, you on the other side find a section uh, that talks about like previous avatars and some of the more fine details of like the spiritual aspects of the avatar cycle. So you both just kind of scoop up a few scrolls from each of those locations and figure that with your powers combined, uh, you might be able to find the right information that you're looking for. All right, like I said, quick smash and grab. Looks like we got something, right, girly? Yeah, and now let's go ahead and get out that window. Um, you hear a bang from the gate, and you look and you see Zhang Tao standing there, and he's reaching down, and he's like grabbed the bottom of the gate and is just straining to try and lift it up off of the ground. Oh, no. Enjoy the dumplings. And then I'm just going to run. <laughs> um, as, as we're trying to get out the window, just preemptively, I would like to try and use the wall of... Uh, of the building to just create stairs for us to run down mm. to get down to the ground. Yeah, roll to rely on your skills and training. Actually, I'll say you can roll to rely on your skills and training or you can roll to push your luck since you're in a risky situation. Okay, would this be one that I add a plus one ongoing to? Yeah, you're following his assessment of the best way to get out. Sweet, is an eight. All right, so are you pushing your luck or relying on your skills and training? Oh, uh, honey, I am pushing my luck. Because <laughs> if I didn't, then this would be a lot worse. So on a hit, you do it, but it costs you to scrape by. And what it costs you is you start extruding these stairs and you start running down. At that moment, you hear a big coming from the gateway and that final bar has been snapped and Zhang Tao has lifted the gate and is beginning to rush after you. That guy scares me. Let's go. Yeah, we just keep running and I want to be in the back. And so as, as we're running, after I take a step off of one, I... Slope it? Get rid of it. No, because if I sloped it, he would slide down into us. Ah. So I get rid of it, so I push it back into the tower. Yeah, I dig that. Uh, I'll say same thing. Either push your luck or rely on your skills and training. Plus one ongoing? Yeah. That's a 10. I'll push my luck. Oh, nice. So Zhang Tao, he skids out onto the top stair and just does like a flying leap. He's trying to clear like five stairs at once and you kind of slow down, you breathe in deeply, and you kind of sense the vibrations of his movement. And at the last moment, you slide in that final step that he was going to land on top of, and he just goes right through the empty space. And it's just like, as he starts going <laughs> down. <the side. laughs> <laughs> and you look over the edge and you can see he's kind of sliding down the domed top of the library and he's got his spear and he's like trying to jam it into crevices in the rock and finally he manages to stick it into one of those crevices and he looks up at you with panic in his eyes and he's like, oh, how do I get up? How do I get up? And he appears pretty stuck at the moment. I would like to pull one out right underneath him once, let, let, let me add this on, once we are on Fifi. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. And then that way he could like step onto it, so he's okay. So you continue until you get to the very bottom 
and Amar, you are getting Fifi all ready to go. You're packing the tarp back up into the compartment. And Rokin and Taya, you're looking up at Zhang Tao. And Taya, you extrude that one block for him to stand on. And he looks down at you guys and he says, We will find you! I swear! I swear on the name of my parents who left me here, I'm going to find you! (laughs) (laughs) That was some pretty smooth bending for an earthbender. What is that supposed to mean? No time to talk. Get into Fifi. Let's go. Vroom, vroom. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the scrolls and I'll just stuff them in the bag and jump into my sidecar. And Amar, as you were getting Fifi ready to go while Taya and Roken were distracted by Zhang Tao, you're finagling with Fifi and out of the night sky, a falcon lands on one of the handlebars with the crest of the Fire Lord on its chest. And it holds out its leg as if it's waiting for your message. What? I reach into my breast pocket uh, on the inside of my jacket where I have two messages written, one confirming our success and the other uh, saying that we failed. I pull out the success, strap it to its leg, and let it go. (gasps) No! And it gives a little caw and flies off into the distance back toward Fire Lord Sozin. I fire up Fifi, and we careen off into the desert. And that is where we're going to conclude this adventure in the world of Avatar Legends. Yes! Caleb! (laughs) Caleb! (laughs) That was awesome. Improv, my friends. Oh, man. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this special bonus episode of Improv Tabletop. If you like this, let us know. Maybe we'll try to do more Avatar content in the future. But aside from that, we'll be back with our regular improvised schedule later on. And just thank you so much for listening. Thanks for experiencing this awesome new tabletop system with us. Hopefully you'll stick around a little bit as well. Uh, If you want more Improv Tabletop, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a guard with some magical dumplings if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. Mm. We are also on Twitter at Improv Tabletop, as well as Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, If you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use in one of our improvised campaigns, You can tweet about us using hashtag imptab setting or hashtag imptab aspect, or you can comment on one of our posts. Let's go ahead and do a little round of plugs. We also have a sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play, which is lots and lots of fun. So if you already like D&D 5e, that'd be a good one for you to check out. And again, check out the Kickstarter for Avatar Legends, the RPG on Kickstarter right now. It's going super well, and it's a great way to get into this beautiful game that we've just played through here. Caleb, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, guys. Um, I've got a couple of audiobooks available pretty much wherever you can listen to audiobooks. Give those a listen. Look me up if you would like to hear some more on my voice and uh, support a good cause, meaning me trying to support my family through the arts. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Also, my wife makes handmade soap. Go check her out at bookloversoap.com. And it's book-themed, it's handmade, it's really healthy for your skin, it smells amazing, your skin will thank you. Go check that out and support another good cause, which is pretty much the same cause, but it's my wife trying to help support our family through handmade goods. Right on. 
Christian, is there anything that you would like to plug? Absolutely, yeah. I would like to plug homesteading. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) If you can go out there, get that land, dig yourself that mushroom cave, build yourself that greenhouse, raise some chickens, raise some goats, make yourself a little generator from the creek running through your land. Just live that life and live it well. That's my plug. Go out there. Be in nature. Goals, man. (laughs) Has somebody been playing Stardew Valley lately? Yes. (laughs) Yes, they have. (laughs) Nice. McKenna, would you like to plug anything? Well, now I want to plug Stardew Valley, but I've done that already on this podcast. (laughs) Um, Ned, oh boy, is there something I would like to plug? It is actually soup dumplings. So if anybody is in New York City and you're looking for a great place to have some soup dumplings, there is a delicious um, restaurant in Chinatown. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor at all. But I have gone there every single time. I have gone to New York and it is delicious. I've also gone there with these two, actually, with Christian and McKenna. And that's the only place I've ever had soup dumplings, but they were probably one of the most amazing things I've ever eaten ever. Mm. Okay, it is called Deluxe Green Bow. It is in Chinatown, and it is amazing. And they also have some sticky eel that's really good. And they also have a really yummy ice cream place across the street. So um, I guess my plug is soup dumplings, but also um, go eat some really yummy food. That's it. Enjoy food. I could eat it all day. (laughs) I think Ira would be proud of you right now. (laughs) That's all I need. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us here in the world of Avatar Legends. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Caleb Anderton. Vroom, vroom. McKenna Steele. Are you single? And Christian Randall. The still very sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Thank you.